0: Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November twenty-seventh, and it closes December eighth. Learn more at this is bracketracing.com slash elite.
1: Here is that moment to go green hit the tree and drive beside just like you know it when you fear no opponent
2: you going for that gold you'll be double I'll take double o for the
0: hydraulics my whips too clean to as we get closer to racing this season you'll need to start thinking about which of your parts could use a little tune up or perhaps a replacement keep BTE in mind, that's Bill Taylor Enterprises, for all your high-performance transmission needs, torque converters, parts, complete transmissions, BTE does it all. Check them out at BTE Racing or find them on Facebook.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. All right, welcome back to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. And this is just Jed this week. And as part of our interview series over the winter, uh, we try to pick some interesting guests always. And uh, we come up with one this week for you that's uh, very interesting. This is, uh, this is the man of the hour, uh, the, the head man at Drag Champ. Uh, what a wonderful operation they have going, shedding light on sportsman drag racing and drag racers. It's really cool to have Gary Donfrey with us tonight. Gary, I know you spent a lot of time on the other side of these interviews, but we appreciate you taking some time to come join us and get on this side of it.
2: Uh, it's always a pleasure, Jed. Just excited to be here and talk with you guys.
1: Yeah, we're excited about it as well. Obviously, uh, we'll get into some drag champ talk here very soon, but I'd like to let everybody know where the, the the interviewee is from or where you're talking to us from. Where are you at in the world tonight? I'm in uh, Katy, Texas. That's on the west side of Houston, Texas. So. Katy, Texas. Sounds like an awesome place to be and I know you're, you're fresh off the day job coming in for this interview this evening. What is, uh, what is your day job, Gary?
2: I am the director of purchasing for Castle Rock Communities, which is a regional home builder. We build uh, new homes in Texas. We build about 2,000 homes a year across the state of Texas every year.
1: Gary, I've dealt with a lot of directors of purchasing, and they're all, well, there's a name for most all of them but you're like a really nice guy. There's no way you turn into that guy at work.
2: You haven't had to negotiate with me yet.
1: (laughs) I can only imagine, but my goodness, it just doesn't seem like you'd be able to flip that switch from the directors of purchasing that I've dealt with over the years.
2: Well, I use a little different style. I've got an accounting and finance background too. So I've moved into the purchasing side. So the numbers, I'd kind of beat them up with the numbers. Uh, And uh, I don't know. I I can be tough, but uh, usually you just the only way to really negotiate is to have a win win where both sides get something out of it that they want. So,
1: but oh my goodness, I would love to deal with a guy like you. That sounds like (laughs) great philosophy, Gary.
2: I didn't say what percentage the win win was. Like, if it's 80 20 and I'm (laughs) the 80, then I'm good as long as you get your
1: 10 or 20. (laughs) Well, got to get what you can get sometimes. So, Obviously drag racing is a passion for you. Uh you've been involved in it a long time and again we'll talk more drag champ stuff in just a little bit, but what what was your start in racing like? What's your racing history, Gary? And you know, who started you, when, where, that type of stuff. Well, I,
2: I mean some of my first memories were from, you know, having race cars in the garage or going to the drag races. So my dad raced from probably before I was born or maybe just around that time. I just basically grew up at the drag strip, and uh, that's he—he he was the automotive machinist. So probably in, I would say maybe the late '70s, early maybe around '80, he opened up his own machine shop. So then I was around, you know, cars and engines and all that from you know very early age, and just grew up at the racetrack with him. And we ran a lot of uh, local bracket racing stuff. And I believe in the mid, early maybe early '80s, he he got into super gas, and we started running that and. You know, ran Supergas, really. He ran it. He drove until 99. I took over then and um, raced until, I think, about 2017 or last year running Supergas. He retired, sold his business, and sold a race car. And um, But, yeah, before that, I bracket raced street cars originally, like the no E class or slow street class, I guess you could call it, and eventually won a track championship and state championships and won some races there and then bought a stock or built a stocker. And when I was, I think I was 18 or 19, bought a stock eliminator Camaro and built that from the ground up. And Dad showed me how to tear the whole thing down and put it all back together, and we actually could run the index every now and again. And, um, race that in the early 90s and realized I was over my head. <laughs> 20 years old, trying to compete against uh, guys that made a lot more money than me and had a lot more time. And but uh, eventually moved into you know more brackets and then super gas and ran super gas for about like almost 20 years. So um, but yeah was automotive machinist for about eight years. So learned how to build cylinder heads and engines and all that kind of good stuff while I was going to college and then got into the corporate world after that. So,
1: man, you've, uh, you've been involved in pretty much every level of sportsman racing then several different classes and been doing it a long time. Where are those, where did those roots start? Gary, what, what track was, would you consider your home track as a youngster? Uh, Twin City Raceway is where I grew up
2: so that was where my whole childhood was and up until I uh, moved away I moved to Texas in the late 90s so up until then uh, that was where I was every weekend I worked at the track and worked the burnout box as a kid I worked the uh, the uh, tower right in time slips um, you pretty much name it a did it at the racetrack. I was the uh I, I had the pip juice. They didn't call it pip juice back then, but I was the little kid. They'd go up there and all my dad and his friends I'd put the pip juice and they'd dry hop through it and um so you know, really did everything.
1: <laughs> For those that don't know, Twin Cities is West Louisiana. Um <laughs> what uh what city is that in? Uh Monroe? Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe, yeah. it's yeah. on the
2: I guess it's east eastern, the northeast corner of Louisiana.
1: Northeastern. Okay. I was thinking it was in Western Louisiana, but, um, so you just told your age a little bit too. Uh, you said I was writing time slips. (laughs) So, you know, folks have been doing as long as we have. They remember making your run and going to the bucket at the bottom of the tower and digging through it to, to get your time slip. Somebody had written it down. You, you know, you, you didn't even think about maybe they wrote it wrong. You just took what they wrote and that was what it did. <laughs> it wasn't scoreboards well, and all that. So that's good back stuff. Back then,
2: you had your car number, you had your ET, and maybe a reaction time, but I don't even think we had reaction times till the mid 80s there. So, you know, there wasn't much to put down on that time slip. No true wind system, you know, no uh, getting your ticket, ticket at the end of the track. I mean, you need to come back to the tower and figure out what happened. And you only got your side of it, you didn't get the other guy's side.
1: Yeah, that's true. You got your side. And where I grew up when that era was uh, in that era, it was the announcer flipped a switch to say who won. I mean, there was no, there wasn't a wind light determined by the, the computer system. The announcer figured it up and and said, OK, well, this was the better run. This person got there. They didn't break out, whatever. And they won. So they flip a, a wind light in their lane. I don't know if that's what it was when where you were racing.
2: Ours was the first one to get there, turn the wind light on, but then the announcer had to do the math, and you know basically, so everybody would obviously look to see who got there, and then they'd all look up at the tower, waiting to see what uh, who actually won. so
1: awesome. So you're most known, obviously, for starting drag champ. I think that's where people uh, that's what people associate you with, um, aside from those that know you from racing over the years. Uh, nationally now Gary Free is the guy that, that got drag champ up and going how'd that idea start Gary and, and you've told me this story but I want our listeners to hear it and and how did you not only how it started but how did you turn it into what it is today
2: well it is what it is because of luck I think but you <laughs> <no, laughs> I've uh well one couple of things I've wanted to own my own business for I don't know since I was a teenager I guess and just never really could figure out something I wanted to do. And um, so kept looking at ideas and trying different things and and never really struck on anything and tried a few blogs about drag racing and things that nobody ever saw because they just were terrible and didn't really go anywhere. And somewhere along the way, it just, you know, with the big money scene, getting to the way it was and, and racing, you know, NHRA really pulling back their sportsman coverage. And you just, realized things were heating up and there's all this racing and activity and you just couldn't find any results. Now I wasn't on Facebook at the time. If I'd have been on there, we may have never started drag champ, but I was uh, <laughs> just going, Hey man, who won? Nobody knows. And you know, there's very few sites and I thought most of the sites are out there were fairly lazy. They didn't update things daily and all this stuff. And then I realized that, you know, they weren't lazy at all. It just takes a lot of work and it's hard to do. And, um, yeah. So uh but that's kind of the reason was just trying to find information and, and feeling like that with with the big money that was out there, people were just not getting not getting the attention they deserve. So that's what kind of started it and somehow I guess maybe just got lucky and started pushing through and decided I was gonna do it and, and just started doing it one step at a time and never kinda of gave up and just kept learning and people started jumping on board to help and was thankful that you know I've had a lot of people really be uh you know, big of benefit to us and and help and it just keeps growing every
1: day. Yes, it does. It's incredible what you guys have accomplished. Uh, And, and, you know, while it seems somewhat obvious what your number one goal is, it's it's maybe not as obvious as it seems. What would you consider the number one goal that you had for drag champ maybe when you started it, Gary? And is that still the same today?
2: Well, I think, the overall goal of drag Champ itself is just to promote sportsman racers and sportsman racing and and have this one place that people know they can come learn about racers, hear interviews, see stories, see who won races, um, just basically be the center one place that people can get that information and really keep up with their friends and, you know, what's going on around the country and, and in doing so provide notoriety for those racers. So when they win a lot, Everybody knows they're winning, and sometimes that's maybe not good for the racer because they have a target on them, but on the other hand, it's great when sponsors can come, you know know who they are and and they get free stuff and things like that. So um, the second benefit for me is just long term. I want it to be my job and my livelihood. So that's those two goals are you know just trying to manage those on a day to day basis.
1: Well, you're definitely accomplishing goal number one, the one you mentioned, you, you it's it's again incredible what you have done for the sportsman racers and that given us that hub that we can go to and know we find the most important information happening within our sport right now, whether it's about the people or the events or what have you. So well done on that. And you appear to be on the fast track to accomplishing goal number two. So we wish you well in that journey for sure. It's uh it's been wonderful to see how quickly, drag tramp jag drag, drag champ not tramp drag tramp is a different website i think that i've i visited on accident but drag <laughs> champ i sound like a
2: bad meme that's about to hit facebook
1: <laughs> yeah double o uh, crap show probably if they listen to this i'm i'm probably going to get beat up on that one but uh it it's again wonderful to see how quickly it has grown and i say that that's easy for me to say because i'm on the outside looking in but you probably say it's been a lot of nights a lot of nights and weekends and everything else spent uh trying to build what you've done so far so congratulations on that and thank you on behalf of uh, people that use your site to, to go find information
2: well i would appreciate it it has been a lot of work and it's been uh you know for the longest time it was just me and was fortunate Paige hamlin came on board probably a couple of years ago now and um just really made a big difference and then we started hiring writers and it just kind of started you know the bigger it got the more it takes and uh, of course you know every night you come and I stay where I work on it until my wife starts texting me saying come to bed like so yeah um and then you get up the next morning go to work and work the full day and then come home and work on it again um but you know the numbers have gotten quite large and we're starting to see you know audiences we built a really big audience and we're able to get people a lot of attention which is really cool and and uh, so but i did you know think that if you build it they will come you know because talking about sponsors and all that but that side of it it's been easier to build the audience which is something i did not know how to do uh than to do the sponsorship side that's in their advertiser side that's been a whole different learning process that i'm still continuing to learn we've been fortunate to have some really great advertisers work with us and do some amazing things for them and promoting them but uh, that's that's a whole different side of the business that uh really where I try to spend more of my time now. And it's why we have writers to write a lot of the articles and do a lot of the different things, but, uh, yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of work for sure. And a lot of people put a lot of work into it.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about your team shortly, but I'm very interested in how you come up with the name drag champ. You know, it, it sounds like a simple name, yet it says so much about your mission and what you're trying to accomplish. So how, how did that come about Gary? Well, yeah, that one was kind of just stumbled
2: upon it. Um, the name I originally wanted, I think it was like Drag Nation or something. I forget what it was. I had a few names that kind of thrown out and I knew that was somewhat important, but probably wasn't the most important piece. But um, And then just started looking for what those websites, if they were available and what they cost. And I think the first one that I really was kind of set on was, I think it was $3,000 to get the domain. And my wife was like, not "No, but hell no," because <laughs> you know, she didn't <laughs> believe in this thing initially. So she's like, "You're not wasting that kind of money for a website that you don't have any traffic to or anything." So um, we just started looking alternatives. So then we just, I just started playing around with drag racing and different combinations, and then Drag Champ kind of was one of those. And I had a list of on well, a notebook pad and kept coming back to that one. And so once I started putting some logos together, and you know that that started kind of it started just coming to me and like, that's just got to be the one. So
1: that's kind of how we stuck on it.
2: Very and the website cool. was free, but well, <laughs> it wasn't a premium. Let's put it that way.
1: And that was 3000 more gooder than your first choice. So that, that's uh, a, <laughs> that's a really good thing.
2: More gooder <laughs> is perfect. Yes.
1: <laughs> so tell us about your team. You've got an awesome team and you don't really have to talk much about Ryan and Jake I already know plenty about those guys, all kidding aside, uh, they're, they're an important part of your podcast and what you're doing, but, uh, tell us a little bit about your team, Gary, and, and what their goals are and their tasks are.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mentioned Paige Hamlin and she's been involved with us the longest and, uh, you know, it's been a big, uh, resource for me just bouncing ideas off of and helping, uh, teach me Facebook cause I'm still new to Facebook. And, uh, so she's, she's, she handles a lot of our facebook activities she handled the magazine from start to finish that we were doing that we've we put on hold for this year or discontinued i should say this was way more work than we could really accomplish on a regular basis so um but she's still a big part of our business and just and really handles a lot of the business development type stuff for us and then um i believe we uh first writer we brought on if i'm not mistaken was uh peyton cusimano's uh, foot break racer out of florida and college student which she just graduated and uh she just came on and started writing for us and doing a fantastic job and you know tracking race results and you know doing stuff uh, hold, doing some of the social media duties and things like that and, and then we brought in uh, megan strassweg out of uh division three super comp racer and well known um so she's doing a lot of the nhra writing for us Uh, race results and divisional results things like that writing stories on the NHRA winners and so she really focuses on that side of it but she does a lot of stuff for us and a lot of different races as well and then uh, Jessica Hicks came on board now Jessica Spears and recently married and she's basically does a lot of our bracket racing uh, racer spotlights things of that nature and does a lot of writing for us and she's been toying with videos and different things lately and we all kind of, that's kind of the core team, uh, as far as the website on a day-to-day basis. And we've got a couple other people in the works to add to the team here, probably this year, because there's just more and more races and more and more things to do. And we just kind of keep building on what we've started. So, uh, and then of course, Ryan Gleghorn and Jake Hodge are, you know, kind of the key to having a podcast. So, um, I, I would never try that on my own. And those guys really carry that show. And I just try to Make sure we push things along and let them kinda of take control of that. So
1: well, they do a great job and, and all three of you guys do a great job. You sound good together and y'all have a great time with your guests and hopefully our listeners are switching over and listening to your podcast and and getting an idea of how interviews are done the fun way. Uh they're they're a little more aggressive than what we do here on the the sports and drag racing podcast but we're sissies and y'all are grown men so that's why y'all do them the way you do them but they're a lot of fun you guys do an awesome job and you sound great together and the young ladies on your team gary they're they're entrenched in sportsman racing they're not just uh somebody's helper or anything at that level they're they're talented racers themselves they're uh people that have grown up in this sport and you know a, a very special shout out to, to jessica spears because she obviously races our events, our Cobra Race Promotions events, and uh she's a footbreaker and somebody we, we love to have at our events and she did our write ups for the hundred K and it was absolutely incredible. She she did such a good job, was so committed to that, just uh really very typical of what you see on drag champ, that kind of content and uh, and we're really excited about what she did for us and, and looking forward for some more
2: yeah she's you know the whole team's very creative they come up with ideas they're constantly you know we're bouncing around things and uh it's just a really unique um group of people that have come together and just do a great job and and have a lot of fun and they are entrenched i think everybody here is at least a second generation racer they pretty much all we all grew up at the track so um you know that's important it's not just somebody that doesn't know anything about racing, writing these articles or calling these promoters and different things and, um, or interviewing racers. Everybody's grown up at the track and really are passionate about what they do. So,
1: Yeah, it shows, definitely shows in your work and their work. So what about family, Gary? You, you don't do this at the level that you do it without a lot of support from your family. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about your family, about your household.
2: Um, well, I've got three kids. So my oldest son is 24, and he's off in Georgia. Um, He's running, working in welding. And um, my daughter's 17, and she's a competitive gymnast. So her and my wife travel around and do uh, gymnastics competitions pretty much all over the country. And and so that's why you don't see them at the races too much. But uh, she's got about one more year left, and she'll graduate. And then maybe maybe my wife will actually be able to come to all the races with us. So. Um, my youngest son's 14 and just started junior racing um, I think in August we got him into that but he's grown up at the racetrack with me as well and so uh, you know having a lot of fun traveling with him and, and helping him with his junior and watching him develop and grow and of course my wife you know none of this would be possible without my wife and she's uh, you know when this thing started she just really was kind of frustrated with the whole thing and Thought it was just some little fad or something and then as it grew and I kept telling her different things and she started So you know and now it's kind of legit, but she still, you know, at times is just like, hey, that's it. Tonight that's all. You know, so she put the kibosh on some stuff. But she really has supported it and, and, and allowed me the freedom to do this and you know could have easily, you know, canceled all this a long time ago. But I appreciate her support and just letting us go racing. You know, a couple of years ago I was like just when I started, I think I told Luke this before, but when I was started in doing the drag champ and you're just knee deep and racing every week and you're watching videos and you find out who's winning, you're reporting on it. And I wasn't racing at the time I'd had the year off and you know, my dad had sold our car and I just came to her and I said, honey, I, I can't do this anymore. And she goes, what? I said, I have to race. And she goes, okay, well, what's it gonna cost? And I said, well, we're starting with nothing. Like, absolutely, we did have a truck or a truck. I mean, nothing. And she goes, so I gave her a number and she's like, you're kidding me. <laughs> so, I was like, no, you got to get this and this and this. So uh, somehow, some way we made it all work and she allowed me to play. And now it's like, you know, whatever you need, just go do it. And, you know, let's. and so she's very supportive of this whole thing and makes it all possible for sure.
1: And that's a key ingredient to it for sure is having that support at home. But what you really were trying to say there was she thought this was just some kind of little short lived fad and then you got famous and now it's a really important part of everyone's life in the free family
2: well yeah and, and i do pick on the famous i tell her a time it's like when i told her yesterday i was like hey i got a podcast i'm gonna be she says you're recording a podcast on a friday i said no no no. I'm, rec- I'm gonna be on luke and jed's podcast and she just looked at me like somebody wants you on their podcast and i said baby i'm the internet famous and I <laughs> yes, yeah, do are. it in joking. Obviously, I do it in joking, but when I say that, she just rolls her eyes at me like I'm an idiot. So, anyway, and she did and laughed at me, and then she's like, oh, "Okay," and moved on. But so, yeah, it, was, it did. It, it did become more of a legitimate deal as she saw it growing, and as we were doing more stuff, and she realized the, you know, value we were providing, and and the way this thing was working. So, uh, initially, yes, she did not think it would last, but went for the long haul.
1: Yeah, I think we've all lived through through that type of stuff, but you know, reality is I know you'd never be braggadocious about your spot in our sport, but reality is it is uh it has been elevated tremendously uh over the past 2 to 3 years as this thing has taken off and grown and you should be very proud of of where your position now in our sport. I I really don't think you could contact anyone and say I'm um, Gary Don free with drag champ and somebody that, you know, somebody important in our sport would know. And that's, uh, that's something to be said for that. So be proud of that, Appreciate sir. That. Oh, I'm very proud. It is. And, you know, Britt Cummins said it best. I think he had
2: sometime last year we were talking and he said, you know, a year ago, nobody knew who the hell you were <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, well, you got to start somewhere. Right. You know? And, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely grown to what I'd hoped. Um, obviously I'm, I'm hoping for even more, but, uh, like I said, we just want to be able to create a big enough platform that, you know, when we toot our, we toot somebody's horn, then everybody sees it. So, um, and it's not about us. It's about those racers or this upcoming race, whatever it might be. It might even, you know, a sponsor. And thankfully we've been, been able to learn how to promote sponsors and advertisers and, races as well as you know promoting the uh, actual winners and stuff so uh, it, it's good when you can help everybody in the sport
1: yeah and you are you're doing that and just like your top 10 list gary uh, that that's something that i know how difficult it is i know how you have to really research to see who's doing what and come up with these top 10 lists and you're doing them with a lot of regularity so it makes it even more difficult uh, but I see some very accomplished racers that will share the post on Facebook, and, and they're genuinely excited and appreciate being included in the the drag champ top 10 of their category, their class, which says, again, a ton about what you've accomplished and that your mission or your number one goal is is being done to a high level of success because it's incredible how much research you have to do to make those lists and you guys put them out and they are awesome spot on too i mean you really nail it
2: yeah i appreciate that they are they're tough i mean when i started those i had no clue people would even care and and i just it was really an idea to get people to read the other articles we had written about the other races it's like how can i Take a you know race results or something and and get more people to see it and so we just kind of said you know like well you guys do a lot of top tens from time to time and things like that and, you know there's a top ten list on the street outlaws and all these top tens and it just you know well let you play around with this and so um, no it's really grown and and it's just it's really huge and you know I'm thankful that you know Larissa Larissa Motorsports Insurance came on board and really helped us you know grow that and. They've been a great partner on it, and and just week to week, it's just amazing how many people get nominated, and um, just it's it's kind of crazy uh, the amount of traffic that drives and how that's yeah. kind of grown. I think it's really grown our our business, you know, more than anything else we've done. So,
1: yeah, it's been great. Those lists are really fun to watch, and again, uh, it's it's really refreshing to see. The, the very talented racers that end up on those lists and how appreciative they are being on them. So, again, job very well done there. Gary, well, as the we fun wh- part
2: about that is, well, real quick, the fun part about that is when you know somebody wins a fifty thousand dollar race <clears throat> and they get beat by someone that won you know three races in one day in a street car somewhere. So, <laughs> shout out to Funny Car Chris on that one, but he was like, "I got beat by a street car," and I, you know.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I got beat by a guy in a van with curtains in it one time and got beat bad, so uh, he was waiting on me at the head of the staging lanes where he knew I was going to be. He was waiting on me, and at the time, you know, I felt like nobody waits on me, and if you're waiting on me, I'm going to come up here and thrash you, and I always tell the story. He pulled the curtains back about 500 feet as he knew he had me covered and started pulling on the brake right then and just really thrashed me. He's a legend, Earl Lee. Maybe you should highlight him one day. But
2: inside <laughs> of that, yeah, there's a lot of great stories out there.
1: Trust me. We're never short on those. He won like six weeks in a row in Kentucky in a motorhome, Gary. And they had to tell him, don't come back with a motorhome. You're going to have to race something else because everybody's getting mad. So a motorhome. Wow. Yeah. So this guy was insane. a legend. But as we wind this thing down, what about the journey that Drag Champ has been? Gary, has it met your expectations far exceeded them where are you on that um you know i i dream
2: big so i mean i hoped it would be you know this massive site and we would you know it, so i don't uh, i'm excited for where we're at and excited where it's going but you know it, it really when you really look at it day to day i think it's pretty amazing when i see the numbers just keep growing and the website views and the facebook traffic and all this it's it's humbling, I'll say that, and and I'm really excited for for what we've built and then just where it's kind of going. So we're never satisfied. So we just want you know the a bigger platform, and wow. we'll just keep working on that. So I love that. you know I would say it's been tougher you know, uh, just on the financial side of it has been a lot tougher. And and like I said, you kind of think, hey, if I just build this big platform, everybody will come and they'll be standing in line to you know give me money to be on it and that side's been a different process that um you know that we're continuing to learn and grow so some have been maybe you know yes and then others maybe so so but uh we're still working on it every day and trying to get better in every faucet of the business
1: well i fully understand the challenge that that presents and uh (laughs) you know i haven't purchased my beach home with my sportsman drag racing podcast check just yet but uh (laughs) you
2: you sound like ryan yesterday ryan and i were or the other night we were recording and he said do you think we're scaring off advertisers because of some of our content on the podcast and i said "Ryan, i don't know and i don't care i'll be honest i'm just i'm enjoying doing the podcast and it's fun and people are enjoying it and it's different than anything else out there which is what we wanted we didn't want to copy anybody we wanted to have our own little kind of niche for that so i said but you know i said i don't know if, if podcasts even make money or not but that we're just going to keep doing it because we're having a blast.
1: And he was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> well, I've been doing one for several years now, and I don't know if they make money or not either. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, I know you talked a little bit about the magazine and, and you put that on hold for now. But what's next for Drag Champ? What's what's big out there that you guys could talk about?
0: Um,
2: You know, I think we're just going to, this year, we're going to do a lot more for the juniors. So as my son got into the juniors, I realized how big that market is and how passionate those racers are and professional and how good a racers they are and how they promote themselves. So, you know, I think the biggest change this year is we'll have more stuff for the juniors. Obviously we've added a, as if one top 10 week wasn't enough. We've got two now. So we'll have a junior top 10 every week. And it, uh, we just crowned a junior racer of the year. Graham Rufinat won that here out of Texas and he'll have a custom trophy coming to him. And uh, we just announced uh Nasty Nick Hastings was the 2020 racer of the year. We've got custom trophies coming from there. So we've got Theobald Motorsports designing trophies right now. And so those are kind of some of the things we'll do this year is just really promote the junior side of it a lot more and and trying to integrate that into what we're doing. Uh, We were going to try and do two different sites, but I I really kind of want them all into one and we'll just um, so you'll see a lot more junior stuff. And then really just from a race perspective of trying to do a better job of showing behind the scenes at the actual events, um, and promoting, you know, upcoming races, but also while we're there showing people what's going on. We were fortunate last year. I was at the Las Vegas, uh, fall flame West and and was able to be in the lanes for pretty much the whole weekend and just talking to racers doing Facebook lives. And we got to, you know, while the split was going down, we were there. We didn't announce any numbers or anything like that. We didn't let anybody hear that, but we could show them. Everybody huddled around and kind of back and forth and, I think those are the cool things that, you know, obviously motor mania and, and, um, drag racer TV show the live feed. So you see all the front stuff, but it's, you know, how can we show the behind the scenes and some of the racers and, and, and spotlight them that way and just kind of what's going on. So those are things we'll do more when we're at the track this year as well.
1: Very cool. Yeah. You're, uh, you know, the, the junior thing, that's, uh, that's not an untapped market, but it definitely needs some more exposure. And uh, no, you're you're appealing to a demographic that is very active on social media with a big reach. So you know, I'm sure that is uh, going to bring a lot more attention to Drag Champ, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So looking forward yeah, actually, to seeing that coverage.
2: We, as much as we get, um, you know, activity on the top ten for the big cars the juniors are actually outpacing them now. So the junior top 10 list gets more attention on Facebook and, and just as many website views every week now. So it's interesting to see how passionate those uh, kids are and, and obviously their parents as well. Everybody's proud of their kids. So anytime sure. they get some attention, that's pretty awesome. And it's fun to do that. So
1: Very cool. Well, last thing I need to ask you about before we wrap this part of the interview up is, um, you know, I got a podna. Luke is my partner and I, I, I take it, uh, credit for that phrase and I, or that name, that title. And I, I've had to race Luke a time or two over the years and, you know, he's whipped up on me pretty good. And I, I might sneak in there and get one every now and again, but he owns me pretty well. You ever had to race any of your partners? Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Always. That go? Um, you got one in particular
1: you want me to talk about? Well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. What if you raced Jake or something? something oh, fairly, I have fairly Jake, recently. you know. <laughs>
2: uh, we did. We had, I think there's a video of that run where I turned on the wind light. But, uh, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he took like, uh, half a Walmart parking lot at the stripe, uh, to go under by a few. And I think I was like dead one or two. So, yeah, that worked out pretty well for me. I don't think he's enjoyed that too much though.
1: So, you pretty much the the king of the the heel in the racing part of the the Drag Champ podcast.
2: Yeah, well, luckily because I've only raced one of
1: my... Well, you're undefeated,
2: she you would say, so I'm undefeated right now. But I will tell you, one of my partners that I really enjoyed racing with the most, and unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but Brian Chaney. I used to race super gas with Brian, and I just have to say, that dude was tougher than nails. And we somehow ended up racing all the time, and this was in the late 90s and early two thousands. And I don't think any of it, either one of us was ever worse than like low teen on the tree against each other. And we were always in these just super tight races. And I don't even remember who had the one up. I I may have been one up on him or we may have been even, or he may have been one up on me. It was just super close, but that was probably my most, uh, we were good friends. So, uh, that made it fun and we really competed hard. So I miss Brian and enjoyed racing with him all those years.
1: Yeah, anytime you race a Cheney, um, any part of the country, they always seem to be a very difficult out. I'm sure Brian was nothing short of that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and they're good people, too. So, Gary, that wraps up our main part of the interview. And, you, you know, you've probably listened to one or two of these over the years. If you stayed with it till the end, you know that we've got a little thing we call rapid fire. And uh, and I, I've got my my five questions for you, which is really more like seven or eight. But um, if you're okay with that, I'd like to, to let our audience get to know you just a little more. Send it. Okay. This is a simple one, but it's a two-part question. What time do you get up and what time do you go to bed?
2: Get up 6.15. Go to bed Usually, probably midnight or so.
1: Oh my goodness! Drag champs keeping you real busy, brother. Midnight. Yes, sir. Oh, and then you're back up at six fifteen. Yeah, it used to be. I
2: used to get up at like five, five thirty, but traffic's. uh
1: You know, with COVID, there's no traffic
2: now, so I can actually sleep in a little bit later. But as soon as traffic gets worse, we back up at by five thirty every morning, going off to uh-huh. the real job. Oh my goodness. But I still go to bed at midnight or whenever,
1: whenever that happens because it's just tough to do. Well, I'd like to see you trim that back just a little bit, try to get in bed by 11 o'clock if you're going to get up at 5, 5.15. It's just, you're going to run yourself down, drag Champa, go away, and we can't afford that. we got to have yeah, I'm
2: going to have to tug on the purse strings for the wife to let me hire some more people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Gary, what is your dream vehicle? Ooh. I'm going to say a Corvette. I'm a Corvette lover. Never had one. always wanted one.
2: Uh, Any particular I always said Corvette? when I got rich, yeah, I like them all. I, I just said, uh, when I get rich, I'm going to have a Corvette. So if you ever see me with a Corvette, you know, I'm, in my mind, I've
1: made it. <laughs> At least in your mind. Um, so what about breakfast? Use sausage and biscuit or cereal? And if it's uh, none of I, the above, that's fine, too.
2: I would. I love sausage and biscuits, um, but I'm a I'm a what do you call it intermittent fasting kind of guy. So I try to fast as much as I can in the mornings till lunch. So.
1: Oh my goodness. So, let me sum this up real quick. You get in the bed at midnight. You're up around 6 a.m. and you don't eat again till lunch. My God, man, you're Correct. killing yourself.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I kind of got fat for a while, so I had to lose some weight.
1: Well, wasn't you happy when you were fat? I mean, (laughs) well, it depends. I I was yes, I was happy eating junk food, but um, I didn't feel worth the crap.
2: So I feel much better now.
1: Yeah, that is a that is a downside to eating good. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good now. You pay for it later. So, what about your favorite animal? What
2: is that? Oh my gosh, Um, I I guess a dog. I, I got two dogs at home, so
1: what do you mean you guess a dog if you got two dogs at home it has to be a dog man <laughs> you actually like you didn't I really know don't let I your dogs horses. hear that
2: i love horses i, ne- I mean i don't I'll say i ride all the time or anything but i love horses but i just don't have him. but i got dogs and one of them's in the doghouse right now he keeps digging dragging dead rats into the house so but uh the wife almost killed him today i think so uh, he wouldn't be my favorite animal <laughs> He's definitely not the favorite in the house. He's older, and he's a little toy poodle, and, but he is a rat killer, and he loves killing rats. And I live in a subdivision. That I don't even know where these rats are coming from. I think the neighbors are poisoning them or something.
1: <laughs> well, nothing wrong with a good rat killer. Everybody needs one of them around the house.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what about your favorite vacation spot, Gary? Okay, where is that?
2: You know, I'd have to say Vegas. We got married there. Just love going there. It's
1: beautiful. It's cool. We can gamble.
2: It's just a fun place.
1: Vegas is a fun place, but it will take your soul if you're not disciplined. So uh, <laughs> be careful. But That's I'll why I tend to problem. not
2: gamble and I let the wife gamble.
1: And then when, it's, when she's done
2: gambling and she goes to bed, I go play poker. And then that tends to pay back <laughs> some of the losses from the
1: slot machines. <laughs> What's your biggest fear or thing you're most scared of? Ooh.
2: Um, you know, I've probably worked on this Internally for a long time, but I guess it's failure that I'm most scared of. I think that's why I work so hard, so I don't fail.
1: Oh, my goodness. The answer of a very driven and successful individual. I love it. Um, Last question. What is the food you hate the most? That I hate the most? I eat a lot of good stuff. Um, I don't know. What? What? I mean, there's got to be that one thing you say, is there this in it? And they say, yeah, and you're like, well, I'm not eating that.
2: <laughs> um, oh, oh, I don't like blue cheese. I hate blue cheese.
1: Oh, there you go. Blue cheese. Nope, I don't oh, even man. know how that still exists. Mine would have been onions, but blue cheese is a great choice. All right, Gary. I appreciate the the rapid fire answers. Good stuff. Thank you for letting us get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for letting us get to know your story, how you come up in racing and thought up drag champ and got that up off the ground and has uh, what you've turned it into, obviously with your great team. Uh, We're all appreciative of what you do for our sport. It truly is awesome seeing uh, people get highlighted, and it's certainly on a very high level when you get drag champs attention. So as a, as a viewer and a racer, really can't thank you enough for what you're accomplishing and what you're doing for the sportsman racer, man. It's really cool.
2: I mean, I really appreciate it. It means a lot coming from you, um, you guys, you and Luke and obviously producer Mark. I mean, you guys have kind of set the bar for, you know, bringing attention to people and, and promoting the sport and, um, you know, I'm just thankful that you called me and would allow me to come on. So uh, I've enjoyed talking with you and and look up to you guys as the kind of gold standard of of sportsman drag racing. So we're just kind of following along and trying to do something uh, in your footsteps.
1: Well, the feeling's mutual. But again, you know, doing a podcast every week is one thing, but uh, Drag Champs a daily thing, an everyday thing, and it takes a lot of work and a great team. So. I hope people understand how hard you guys are working for the racers and our sport. And I know they, I know they do, and I know they appreciate it. So thank you for coming on that, bud. It was really cool. You you were uh, a very interesting guest that we had on our list. Somebody we wanted to talk to. And I'm glad we got the opportunity to do that. Appreciate you sharing your story with us. It was a lot of fun. Go down the road and look forward to more of what drag champs doing and what you and your team are accomplishing and, I'm sure uh, hopefully we can get the, a chance to sit down and chat again soon.
2: All right, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate
1: it. All right, Gary. Have a great night. You too.
0: I, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe that way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast over the PA on race day. Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number 4, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number 5, reason to use BTE tune-up services. Quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. This
1: is my time. Since I was
2: 10 years old in that